Hello, Dan Housen here. Dan Housen here to tell you to listen to the Rough House podcast, hosted by Christoph and Marty Housen. Very good. You both got the Housen in there. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Anyways, have a nice time. Love that, Dan Housen. Listen to this podcast. It's very nice, very evil. The Rough House podcast, Housen. Yes. Dan Housen is so powerful. Behold, a podcast for the ages, recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task, complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 322 for April 23, 2023. It's a little, bu- a little bit of a bummer, Chris, that that wasn't 323 on 23 and 23. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can we can we retro uh, change that? Can we uh, hop in our little can we just, here? Can we just bump it ahead? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Unofficial 323 on 423 2020. We'll make it happen. Uh, I'm Marty, by the way. I'm Chris Offen. I can assure you that nobody will notice. Yeah. Yeah. We we (laughs) can just bump the number ahead, and that that would be. We could change it to 633, and nobody will. Okay. Man, these guys are really pumping out some episodes, huh? Great for the comics. Just kind of going like, well, this would have been issue 800 if we hadn't rebooted a bunch of times. So I mean, yeah, I know it's weird that the new volume of Daredevil goes one, two, eight hundred, five, but you know, we just needed to respect the fans, man. That's essentially what we've done is rebooted a couple times. So I mean, it's right. <laughs> this is yeah that that certainly tracks for this uh, this show. Yes, uh, this is <sighs> but here we are on a Sunday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning, as we do, uh, there's a new. Patreon exclusive Schlegel soapbox up by the time that you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, uh, in what I think is a first, point by point, responded to our last episode. Well, after we spent pretty much an hour last week uh, airing all of our quibbles with AEW, I was like, well, you know, and you, like I said to you, you sounded very much Justin y uh, on yeah. last week's main show. So I, as I was texting him to come on, I was like, hey, if you have a chance, Listen to this week's episode so you kind of get a head uh, or an idea of where our heads are at with the yeah. product. And, you know, it was uh, it was it was interesting because he agreed with the majority of it and yeah. uh, and, and you know, had some other quibbles as well. So yeah. it's definitely worth listening at the five dollars here on the Patreon, Patreon dot com slash the rough house podcast. Uh, we appreciate you going over there and checking that out. And it's the most justity soapbox in some time. Uh, there's barely any me and Chris. Yeah, so uh, with, I mean, within it, reason, uh, dude, that's your passionate man. That's your selling point, right there, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we are once again in a wonderful week of professional wrestling. Uh, we are like two, three weeks out from uh, the next WWE pay per view. A whopping month and change away from the next AEW pay per view. Uh, even we've got some time still before the next big like New Japan show, so it's it's all just building and simmering and yeah. in different companies. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, start with this button. The World Wrestling Federation, for over fifteen years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. 
Chris? Yes, Marty. I wanted to talk to you real quick about something I thought was kind of interesting this week. Probably not the normal thing that people are focusing on in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, yeah, I can okay. talk about like, okay, so they're going to be running Cody versus Brock as the main event for Backlash. That's been made official. They're doing a six-man tag with all the Usos against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. Blah, 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 okay. Blah, blah. Sure. This kind of flew under the radar, but there's a detail in this that I thought was very interesting. Okay. WWE made a new agreement with Twitch this week. Okay. And they've had a very tenuous relationship in the past. Very much so. Uh, there were a number of talents. Uh, hell, it's even been said that this is why some people made the jump to AEW. Maybe. Uh, there there have been a number of talents who were under the WWE banner at the time. Your Paige Sarayas, your Adam Coles, uh, your Xavier Woodses. And in what was either a gross overreach or completely on brand, it was a situation where not only A, you had to split the money with WWE, but B, that money would be taken out of your yearly guarantee. It's just mind-boggling. Mind-bogglingly fucked. Yes. This resulted in many a talent choosing to maybe not resign. Yeah. This resulted in many a talent choosing to stop streaming entirely. This resulted in some others weirdly still streaming under the radar. Uh, uh, Dakota Kai continued both when she was under and not under contract. Yeah. Uh, Shanna Baszler streams. Zelina uh, Vega. My personal favorite in all of this is uh, uh, whatever you want to call him, Diomad Mace Masse, as he is now as part of the, the whole... Uh, Wait. His name's Masse now? Yes. Yes. Because he's he's part of the uh, Maximum Male Models group that uh -huh. LA Knight was once the uh, figurehead of. Uh, yeah. Huh. It's, it's it's Mace and Mansoor who are the Maximum Male Models. They got renamed as Masse and Mansoir. Uh huh. Is there like an, an, an accent over the E? In, oh, yeah. In... They have all okay. They have all the accents and other signs. So they, they at least made it grammatically correct. Yeah, and, and basically, if you want to be right in mentioning them in something you're writing, you undoubtedly need to find it somewhere else, copy and paste it, Yeah, have all the right lines, and etc. There, there used to be like a little program on Windows, like the character key, where you could like oh, yeah. find that. Does, that. does that still exist? I don't know, I haven't looked for that. And, and also, you could do it with the keyboard controls, but I'll be damned if I can remember like, oh, it's this type of line over an A, and it's this type of thing over the C, or whatever. Right, yeah. I'll be damned if I can do that. I'll just go to Wikipedia where one nerd took the time and now everyone else can copy and paste. I digress. Dio Madden, Mace, whatever. Yeah. He's a VTuber. Do you know what a VTuber is, Chris? Um, Vagina tuber? <laughs> yes, a vagina potato. No. Okay. Uh, VTuber, virtual tuber. So with like a VR helmet streaming what is being seen on his VR helmet? Good guess. Not quite. Think weirder in Japanese. Oh, no. <laughs> they don't want to know where my mind goes. They animated Avatar. So instead of, you know, like in the corner, the shot of like some guy in front of a green screen, you know, mm -hmm. yelling while playing, I don't know, Resident Evil. And, oh, shit, look at that one. It's a little 3D animated anime girl. 
That's how he streamed. As an anime girl? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Possible. All right. Pull. I guess that gets WWE out of his money. Anyway, the new deal. Does he have a lot of subscribers? Oh, he probably does. I don't yeah. even want to. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Are people? Never mind. Nope. I don't want to go down that road. The deal Back was announced to... yeah. this week mm-hmm. that WWE had reached a new agreement with Twitch. And I don't okay. know if this is a sign of WWE's current perception by other businesses or if this is a sign of how dire straits are for Twitch that like someone at Amazon, because they own Twitch, was looking mm-hmm. and going like, oh man, we used to have these really big streaming numbers from the WWE guys. We got to work something out. WWE now, instead of taking the money from the talent who's streaming, okay, gets a part of Twitch's cut of the streaming money. How'd they pull that off? I have no idea. And I'm just like, this is the most brass balls, gutsy thing I've seen from any business in some time. To take a chunk of Bezos's money? That's, yeah. uh, and for him or his people below him to allow that, that's, uh, yeah. that is legitimately shocking. Because it, it used to be, it, and having done streams on Twitch, I might not have the percentages right, but I'm, I'm going to say this for just, you know, the quick example. Typically, it would be, you know, someone uh, decides to subscribe to you, and it's 10 bucks a month. Okay. $5 go to you as the streamer, $5 go to Twitch. Okay. So now, if you're WWE talent, $5 go to you, 250 goes to Twitch, 250 goes to WWE. I mean, for the talent, that ain't bad. Yeah, it doesn't it's affect them at all. Not bad. It's just very surprising that that yeah. that would be. Is is this what like the new uh, Endeavor era WWE looks like, where people are just like, I don't know, you're part of some big conglomerate. I assume we need to work with you. It it might be. Um, it might be. You know, somebody in sales doing a really good job. It might be some lawyer finding a, a loophole somewhere. Uh, it's certainly, yeah, certainly very shocking. And I did, would not have expected you to say that when you said Twitch news. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Hey, brass balls on them. Speaking of WWE business side of things, because I could tell you about the product, but fucking nothing interesting is going on on it. Fair. Uh, Nick Khan did an interview this week talking about their Peacock deal that is ending okay. soon. Okay. It is ending at roughly the same time that UFC's deal with Disney slash ESPN. Boy. Uh Uh-huh. I know where this is going. He has started to float in the press that they may choose to unite with UFC in terms of offering a streaming package to all of the providers. A a streaming pack? So like ES, like, uh, what you, is there like, so the UFC has a, its own app, or they just work with Hulu and uh, ESPN Plus. Well, it's just ESPN. They used to have their own. Maybe they still run it on the side called uh, UFC Fight Pass, but that was only Fight Pass. Yeah, legacy stuff. Okay. But the idea is, you know, if you want to watch UFC now, you need ES- ESPN Plus, and on top of that, you spend seventy dollars. Seventy dollars on a pay per view. Yeah. The idea that's being floated is. When UFC is going around talking to the 
Peacocks, ESPNs, Netflixes, Amazon Primes, yeah. whatever else in the world, there might be some conversations of, okay, now you can have the UFC, you can have our legacy content, you can have live pay-per-views. What if I told you you could also get the award-winning WWE Network and their library of ongoing premium live events? Well, oh boy. I mean, I, I would think for whomever they're pitching that to, like that might be a bit of a value depending yeah. on the yeah. cost involved. My worry is the cost involved to the consumer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> excuse me, at a point, especially now, WWE is in the full fuck yours got mine mode. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're going to make an exorbitant amount of money. Yes. Off of how, you know, off of whoever decides to pay for all the pay-per-views and the legacy content and next day streaming rights and, and all that other shit, they're going to make a crazy amount of money. I don't think they're going to for one minute go, but hey, if you're paying us $5 billion a year or whatever it ends up being, can you make sure not to fuck over the fans and oh, no, make yeah. sure they get access to the PLE? They don't give a fuck. No, they definitely don't. Their check cleared. They're good. They they are in the business of making money hand over foot here. And yeah. you know, to the if if this happens, yeah. say say everything oh God, I don't know. What's what's who's the front runner in in, in this here? ESPN Plus, I guess, to, to retain. I, I guess it would either be ESPN Plus or Peacock. Be, just because of the existing relationships that each have, I would assume that there is kind of the inherent given. Although we all thought that Comcast was going to buy WWE in the first place, and they didn't. So, you know, they were very, very not interested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell it come to his face through their own news reporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I feel like... Which deal comes up first, the the TV rights for Raw and SmackDown, or the streaming, or uh, the the networky type? TV rights come up in twenty twenty four. Network stuff comes up in twenty twenty five. Okay, it goes first. So it, it would depend. I feel like that will hinge a lot on where they end up because yeah. you know the fact that uh, Raw has been on USA for all these years. That's a relationship with NBC Universal, Comcast. So then Peacock makes sense for them. Uh, not so much on the Fox side of things, but, you know, the, Raw is the legacy brand, even though it's on the basic cable and not the broadcast TV channel. Right. So if, and maybe Fox uh, is unhappy with the numbers pulled on, on Fridays. I, I don't know. I don't work for Fox. I don't know if yeah. you knew that about me. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't sit in those boardrooms to, to when they talk about ratings and the value, uh, the ROI on their WWE investment. I'm not sure. Um, they're certainly winning Fridays most weeks. Like, are they the networks? Yeah. Okay. Not a big show though. I mean, it, it's 2 million viewers on network television, which right. I That's know network well. television has very much dropped off in viewership, but yeah, it's not, it's not like blowing doors off. Yeah. I mean, think about the, the only thing I've watched live on network television in the past year is the Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I'm there with you. That is it. I mean, I'll watch like a show on Hulu the next day or something. Sure. But live? Yeah, no, that was that was it. Yeah. So that's the kind of dork I am. In case you were unaware. It's 
It's not like you can stream it anywhere yet. Oh, they'll get there. We'll see what happens. Anyway, just I, I thought that was interesting. Kind of concurrent to that. And again, thinking about like bigger picture WWE stuff. We'll talk about the black backlash card in a minute. They also announced this week that they are expanding their relationship with Fanatics. Are you familiar with Fanatics, the company, Chris? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's like a memorabilia merchandising uh, yeah. company. They have all the official merch stores, MLB, and yeah. NHL, MLS, right. NBA, all of it. So they had taken over the e-commerce side of WWE show. Okay. Fanatics announced a deal this week with WWE where they will also be handling the live event merchandising. Okay. So again, we're in a situation where WWE is going, fuck you, got mine. They're getting paid in bulk by another company just to outsource an entire chunk of their business. Man, how the the fuck? (laughs) Isn't it kind of genius? I don't know. I don't know if he's a genius or he's just a wizard that is like landing upon these things. I think he's a wizard. Have we have we tested him? We had him roll for initiative and see what he comes up with. We, we, we have not had any proof one way or another yet, and I don't think I've seen an owl show up at his house. Well, there's various different. He could have been. He could be like a, uh, you know, like a Gandalfy type of uh, wizard sent from the the higher beings to to make Vince McMahon yeah, rich on the white. You know, if anything, <laughs> that's why. Vince took the meeting with him. And it's as in his name. He's the white. <laughs> Just like those robes I have in my closet. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh, Backlash is coming up on May 6th. Uh, Did they yeah. drop the WrestleMania from his name after only one year? It's just Backlash? It's just Backlash. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. That was stupid. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be live from Puerto Rico. They've not officially announced the Bad Bunny match, but it is pretty much a given that it's going to be Bad Bunny. Why would you wait to announce that? Because they had him taken out and put through a table two weeks ago, and they're hyping him appearing live on Raw this week. I mean, tickets are on sale. Has to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it also sold out. Fuck yours. Got mine. This is a paid and bought for show. Oh, so it's it's like Saudis, but with a better government. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. The Puerto Rican, uh, the Puerto Rican Tourism Commission is paying WWE one point five million dollars just to do a show there. That's chump change for them, though, man. They I get like twenty times. Also that. getting the ticket sales too, but it was just like, okay. Anyway, hey man. Uh, the the card as it's been announced so far is is oh, hold on is. <laughs> At the uh, at at the pre-show press conference, is uh is is Vince McMahon going to show up and uh you know toss out rolls of uh, toilet paper and paper towels like <laughs> like he's fucking Kobe? I I hope so. <laughs> that is just... I mean that's what WWE Hall of Famers do in Puerto Rico. So shows up <laughs> shows up at the post-show press conference. Where Brooklyn at? Where where do we go home? Oh my god! Anyway, uh, uh, announced for the show so far: uh, Cody Rhodes against Brock Lesnar, the aforementioned all the Usos against uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Matt Riddle, uh, with presumably 
the tag belts having had switched by then, because that's going to be uh, this coming Friday night on SmackDown. Why is Riddle with them? Because white guy? Yeah. Is that... yeah he's, okay. he's the other baby face that isn't Cody right now. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Pretty much it. Um, We've got uh, Rhea Ripley defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I think someone really <laughs> went, well, she's tiny. She can toss her around. Yeah. Uh... Well, she's also uh, Latina. I'm not sure of her... Uh, family's uh, country of origin, but I don't know. You know, that might have. I mean, she's part of the Latino world order, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just... Austin Theory defending the U- the U.S. Championship against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed in a triple threat match. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got Seth Rollins. I refuse to say the full name. Seth, how Rollins. dare you? Against Omos in a match that even Seth Rollins doesn't understand why it's been booked, <laughs> which is hysterical, and I love that. Um, fun fact about uh, Thea Trinidad, Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. Do you know the Amazing Red is her cousin? No, I did not know that. There you go. Um, and also, uh, her family's from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So. No uh, Puerto Rican ties there, but, uh, but yeah, there you go. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's where we are in WWE. We're just kind of in, in a holding pattern until backlash because, you know, this was a story that needed to be told. They couldn't cer- certainly couldn't put the belt on Cody, and then would they have a world title match, main eventing backlash, and a first-time collision between Cody Rhodes, no. new champion who's wet behind the ears against the absolutely devastating monster who's held the title countless times, Brock Lesnar, or Why had him defend against literally everyone Roman's beaten over the past few years over this 1,000 day. Re- anyway, no. <laughs> Fuck you, they got theirs. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, again, things are, are, are a bit quiet uh, because the road to Dontaku. Yeah, Wrestling Dontaku, which will be May 3rd. Uh, so far, here's what we know. Um, we will likely not see Hiroshi Tanahashi on the show because he broke his ribs at the DC show. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, so, so no, no Tanahashi for a little bit. We may see Will Ospreay as he's been cleared to return to the ring and he's working a UK indie show on April 22nd. I'm just going to say this. Will. I know you love the UK. Maybe you shouldn't work indie dates if you're worried about your style. <laughs> He's, I mean, it's a little daft. All right. It's not, it's not. Bro. Bro. I'm just trying to put in words that he would understand. <laughs> Oi. Uh, a bit daft. Uh, they've announced a hell of a double shot weekend in uh, Philadelphia in August. Oh, yeah? And, uh, August 19th, it's going to be the oh, yeah, the Junior Festival oh, USA. He told then, me about this. The next day, August 20th, they're running another Impact versus New Japan show. Hmm. And okay. I would guess probably then is when they're going to try to pull off Speedball Mike Bailey against Will Ospreay because they couldn't during Mania Weekend. Right, right, so. right. What was Ospreay's injury? Uh, he fucked up his shoulder uh, during the New Japan Cup. Uh, he had gotcha. a match with Mark Davis where he blew out his shoulder and then Mark Davis got pushed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Show so much I've been paying attention to New Japan lately. I mean, outside of Sonata winning the the heavyweight championship, it's been kind of a quiet period. Uh, I just I want to put this out into the universe. Sure, I'm going to try and will it to be. Um, is that you know my, my guy Shingo? You know he was at the last Forbidden Door fun tag match. Yeah. Um, I just do the attitudes. They were back. I just want. I need to see Shingo and Penta in the ring together. So Tony Penta is never going to be able to work a Forbidden Door show. Oh, fuck. You're right. Because of the AAA affiliation. Fucking Christ. God damn it. Now, could Shingo work AEW Dynamite one of these weeks or Collision or Rampage or Dark or Dark Elevation or Ring of Honor TV? Perhaps. Yeah. And one of those could be the ground upon which they could hold this match. I just, right now, Penta can't do much of anything because Phoenix is uh, out right now. He's injured again, too? Fuck. It's me. not so much he's injured. It's more they realize there's kind of this break in storytelling for him, and he's pretty banged up. So we'll have to take a few weeks and not do anything. Can you? I know we're jumping way ahead here. Can you explain yeah. to me why Penta showed up to against QT and Will Hobbs on fucking Wednesday? Because of his, Is there something I missed there? Because he lost the uh, TNT title match against uh, Hobbs due to uh, QT. Yeah, but that was like a month and a half ago. Yep. Yep. Okay. Still mad. I was... Look, I mean, I'm still mad about Julia Hart costing, <laughs> costing Death Triangle <laughs> that match at the pay-per-view last year. So I yeah. get it. Yeah. However, I... Had totally forgotten about that, and I was I enjoy seeing Panto on my TV. I was like, "What the fuck's he doing here?" Yeah. I okay. Know, weird. All right, uh, we'll get there. I'm, I'm gonna jump ahead of all the random multi-man tags, but uh, on the Don Taku show, we've got Kenta defending the New Japan Strong Open Weight Championship against Hikaleo uh, for the New Japan World TV Title. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. will be defending against Jeff Cobb. That should fucking rule. Uh, for the Never Openweight Six-Man titles, uh, Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren Narita will be defending against Okada, Ishii, and a mystery partner. Hmm, okay. Uh, for the Never Openweight Championship, Tama Tonga is defending against David Finley. I'm pretty sure David Finley's winning that mm -hmm. because he needs something and just black hair dye ain't it. Uh, and then the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight title, Sonata defending against Hiromu Takahashi, which could be and hopefully is very good yeah i mean i'd imagine at this point sonata is gonna you know really show out oh, in yeah. his matches more than you know he was you would hope at least you would yeah yeah that's what i'm saying yeah he he was kind of the uh the the, the randy snorton uh of yeah of yeah lij for a while there yeah, very much. i mean he's not even in lij anymore but still very much five in mode of are you gonna get the sonata who cares or the sonata yeah. who doesn't care Right. Because yeah. Sonata and Bears, we like that one. That would Maybe that's just hang being around Naito for so long. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. Yes. Uh, also, a New Japan front, uh, word came out in the wee hours of the morning this morning that Mercedes Monet has agreed to a contract extension with Bushy Road. Uh, okay. Which is notable because on today's stardom show, she dropped the IWGP Women's Heavyweight Championship. To Mayu Iwatani? Yeah, Mayu Iwatani. Mayu Iwatani yeah. did win it. Um, I heard that in the main event, which was uh, 
Julia wow. and somebody else. I can't remember who Julia was oh, going against. Julia. But uh, I, I've heard uh, those matches were both great. Um, but yeah, very much a surprise victory for Iwatani. Have you heard any um, anything about other stardom talent perhaps being a part of Forbidden Door? Is that something that's been discussed or theorized or anything? I would love to see it, but there's there hasn't been anything like in the rumor sphere beyond you know okay. fans doing fantasy booking as they did last year, right? Yeah, because I mean, if Julia fought Jamie Hayter, then I don't know what I would be able to do with myself. Hell, I for... go so far as to say, if you can't do it for Bidden Door, that is another thing you can do to make All In uh, twenty twenty three a bigger show. Yeah, sure. Call in every favor, every yeah. single favor you have. Let's go. But that's that's where we're at there. Uh, I I definitely want to see how um, Duntaku plays out for uh, for Sonata as champ because is it going to be his moment? Sure. Uh, it's worth noting just a random fact. Today's Stardom show was at Yokohama Arena, the same place where they ran the New Japan Noah show earlier this year. They outdrew that show. Wow. Yeah. And a lot of people were thinking they weren't going to, and they did. Good for them. So uh, it's certainly a good time to be Bushy Road. I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Even though apparently I read that they're uh, trying to get uh, the wrestling division to cut down on talent pay is, is something I read. Uh, yes. that That is the- Trim the overhead. Well, I'm just going to put it this way. Naomi's great. I've got nothing against her. Yeah. If you were uh, Rossi Ogawa or or Gato, whoever is the, the one that is calling the shots for the IWGP women's title. Sure. And your top star is like, well, can't you hire my friend? Why don't you bring on my friend? And yeah. you don't have any interest in hiring her friend, wouldn't you go, hey, look, we're really trying to cut back costs here. We just don't have a budget, you know? Yeah, fair, fair. I get you. I don't know. I, I, I read that and I immediately went, I think I think they're kind of bullshitting to, to Trinity here. Yeah. <laughs> well. I, and I don't blame them. I mean, you don't, you don't want to piss off your top women star for the U.S., right? Yeah. No, no, you don't. Although she was, what was this? She, the uh, Mercedes had some press conference where she was playing a ukulele or something and people were clowning on her on Twitter. Do you, do you see anything uh, about that? It was part of the press conference for the show this show early this morning. Yeah. Yeah. She was like weird alling it with a ukulele or something. Yep. That was her promo. That's what she decided to do. All right. This is the way, I guess. <laughs> Let's hit this button. All right, so last week we talked about AEW in full. Yeah. You can go back and listen to it if you didn't. It was basically me teeing off about CM Punk. I am not going to go back through that that same exact argument. I will just say where we're at now with things. Okay. Which is the United Center in Chicago has been booked for Saturday, June 17th. That was straight up United Center. Okay. Yeah. So it seems to be a given that, yes, Punk is coming back. Yes, the Saturday show is happening. And yes, the debut will be in Chicago once again 
at the United Center. So Punk makes his re-return at yeah. the same place he made his return this coming June. Run it back. Sure. Okay. Well, it'll work for that one show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No doubt. Um, and I, I, I will give uh, Dave Meltzer this. Uh, the main story of The Observer this week was all about the punk stuff. And he, appropriately so, I thought, took the the approach of, hey, if you're going to... Not that different from Justin on the soapbox this week. If you're going to run a wrestling company, you need to run a wrestling company and say, hey, this is what's best for business. Figure out your shit. Yeah. I will say I think it's funny that the... Uh, and we probably talked about this last week, but the key meeting that's supposed to happen still is Punk and Jericho with FTR as the neutral party. Which is hysterical because they are anything but fucking neutral in this situation. All now, right, Dax's podcast. Yeah. Here's here's my idea. Here's a guy. Here's a guy. Uh, Tony, I know you're listening, but mm-hmm. every week you're one of our 20, 20 spins. Um, I'm just saying, if you looked at that Patreon and you saw T-Con, <laughs> the Patreon <laughs> <plus. laughs> he's, he's It's like, it's like you know, he keeps it hidden. Uh, he uses a, you know, uh, <laughs> he uses a, a pseudonym, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, he's, he's so, Justin. That's why he pays five bucks. I mean, you know, not enough to hire him. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> here's my idea. Yes. If I'm Tony, I am, um, renting out or, or, or having a, a conference room booked. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wherever they are, whatever city they're in hell, you know. Find neutral ground, uh, legitimately neutral ground. New Mexico. Uh, some, <laughs> I was going to say somewhere midway point between Chicago and Rancho Cucamonga. Okay, so maybe Vegas, you know, sure, or or uh, Denver. I don't. I'm yeah. I'm okay at geography. I'm not great at geography. So there's my mental halfway point between Chicago and and Rancho. Have, have it at the Baltimore Arena show. They got the space right now. <laughs> a lovely remodeled space. So here's what you do. You have a room dedicated uh and you have kenny mm-hmm. matt and J- uh nick tony's there mm-hmm. jericho is on you know so it's, it's a big conference table on one side is the elite at the head of one side of the table is jericho mm-hmm. head of another side of the table is tony khan mm-hmm. and then on the other side um you have uh punk mm-hmm. and then Kind of uh, leading the PowerPoint, if you will, um, so to speak. Are you familiar with the name Phil Tippett? I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, the guy from uh, the guy from ILM. Yeah. Okay, no, it's, that's not his name. Uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Uh, I can't. I'm look, trying to look at the poster that I have on the wall. It's not Phil Tippett. Uh, it's he's the, he was the dinosaur supervisor, right? Is that yeah, the guy? Yeah, I think he goes. He's, he's, he's he had one there. job to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so that's not the guy I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of, uh, and it's going to. I'm just going to ruin the joke. The guy from some kind of monster. <laughs> so you bring in the the sports uh, therapist, the sports psychologist uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychologist guy. Yeah. And you know, I w- I won't say that his methods worked the way that they that he intended them to work in bringing Lars and James back together sure. while recording Saint Anger. And I'm not going to say that Saint Anger is their best output. Uh, however. The uh, they got to where they needed to be, kind of in a mutual 
learned hatred of of of, of, the, of the psychi the psychiatrist guy. Um, give it, give them a common enemy. Uh, exactly, common ground to to the. This guy's a fucking joke. Uh, you know, Bob Rock being there didn't help, but that's you can watch the documentary and get all that story. Yeah. But you bring that guy in to try and mediate between these two three parties. Okay. So I guess Punk is definitely Lars in this scenario. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> the lead is James, and then you've got Jericho as Kirk, yeah. uh, have it over there. And uh is Mox you know, Jason Newstead, he's halfway out the door. <laughs> <laughs> but he was already gone uh, at this point. Oh, fair. Um, and then Trujillo wasn't yet brought in. Uh, they didn't bring in Rob until they got back on on speaking terms. Yeah. So that's kind of how it breaks up there. I guess Tony Khan's the Bob Rock, uh, the producer. Yeah, yeah that that, that put, put everything together here. So then you know, you, you get man. You get let me tell you, if, if you are a deep Metallica lore and pro wrestling fan, the Rough House Podcast is a podcast for you. <laughs> Uh, I'm, look, man, I can only talk about what I know. Okay, <laughs> and what I know yeah. is that some kind of monster uh, was quoted as being uh, one of the most revelatory rock portraits ever made by uh, uh, Owen at Entertainment Weekly. Okay, uh, okay. Owen, Owen, I can't Ruben? play. Yes, yeah, yes. I used to read his reviews. So. Brother, <laughs> the New York Times said. Uh, that is entertaining, moving, and historically significant. So, I mean, hey, you know, I believe it's streaming right now on Netflix. So, it, what I'm and a to guy say, on IMDb said sucks zero out of ten. <laughs> the fucking uh, uh, drum sound sucks. Uh, um, <laughs> Lars's father had it right, man. Uh, so, here's what I'm trying to say: one, go watch some kind of monster if you've never seen it. It's streaming yeah. on Netflix. Um, two. Uh, this could work. This was proven to have worked. Yeah. And, you know, that was in 2003, 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it took part took place between 2001 and 2003 because Saint Anger came out in 2003. Um, and then point three is that the new Metallica album is mid. That's, that's, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Those are my points. That, thank you. Thank you for the very, very quick and brief and probably... <laughs> At the same time, in-depth review of the new Metallica album. What's it called? Look, 72 this is coming seasons? from me. Is that what well, I'm called? sorry. 72, 72 Seasons. seasons? Yeah. 72 Seasons, yeah. No. Uh, it, it, there are a couple bangers on there, no. but a lot of it is uh, plotting, um, predictable, and lazy, I think. And this is, dude, I mean, this is like, this is me, this is like me speaking bad about, you know, season six of The Simpsons. You know, that's like, the level of of I mean, investment I have. Who, who among us hasn't made an album as great as the rest of the ones they made decades in their career and for their eleventh release? I mean, that's just that's that's a sweet spot, right? You know, it's just <laughs> I, that's all I'm saying. So, please, back as you were, Captain. Uh, the the other thing I want to say about the the Meltzer <laughs> story, uh. Here's something I didn't think about. Here's the thing. So two hours on uh, on one of the Discovery Networks, two original hours on one of the Discovery Networks every week, 52 weeks out of the year. Do you know how much that's worth on the low end, Chris? Worth to... Worth to AEW. Like the, the fee that this Warner Brothers Discovery is going to pay them. Uh, at the moment? Like 
if, if if are you are we asking hypothetical or what they're getting paid now? What, I, I don't know specifically how much they're getting paid for and, this forthcoming show. Okay, but I I there is a figure that's been circulated of what the minimum amount per hour of original content Warner Brothers Discovery. Oh, paid. I see. So you're you thinking extrapolate you, from that. what the cost of Collision will be? Yes. Would you like of to guess two two Warner Brothers Discovery being paid to AEW? Uh, do I want to get? No, I have no idea. I have no idea those figures. Fifty-two weeks a year, um, uh, one point five million. I don't know. Five hundred thousand dollars an hour. So that means adding this show is worth fifty-two million dollars to AEW. Wow. So, with that in mind, I will ask the question I asked myself. Um, I wouldn't you. <laughs> yeah. Like, like bring punk back, right? Like, that makes total sense, yeah? <laughs> wow. And in case you're wondering why Rampage is still around, even though we're all like, it's not very good. It's $26 million a year. Huh. Yeah. I mean, all right. So Dynamite this week. <laughs> I was just trying to math in my head. I was like, holy shit, that's... Yeah. I kind of made this week was live from Britsburg, Pennsylvania. Was it ever? And uh, the show started off with me being very confused because the hard cam was on the wrong side. <laughs> it was it was very distracting. <laughs> like, this was doesn't this, make sense. What is happening? Stylistic choice? Was this a building thing that they had to do? I, I think it was, was a it building. Was it they sold thing. one side more than the other and they had to switch the hard cam side? I, I think it was a building thing. I think that's... But uh, they've been in that building before and I don't remember it being this jarring every so often they've they've had it where uh the hard cam was on the opposite side and the inverted face and heel tunnels um now i don't even know if there really is a face tunnel and a heel tunnel but uh i i was very distracted because it's definitely been a while since this yes yes um but anyway show kicks off with a four-way promo between the four pillars of eight well three quarters of an mjf showed up I have to say, this was the best of times and the worst of times for these three, three pillars to kick off the show. Yeah. Because all three guys are getting better on the microphone. Right. All three guys are becoming bigger stars. However, they're not perceived as the big stars yet. Mm-hmm. Nor are they entirely ready for segment this long without MJF popping up. Correct. So, and 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 kind of the double edged sort of it is the only way they will get to be that good is by going through segments like this. You got to get your reps in, man. Yeah, like it, it was bad. Yeah, but you could you could tell, especially with Jungle Boy. Darby had some moments during it. Jungle Boy in particular, where you could tell, oh, he is really thinking about the next word that is coming out of his mouth while he said, like, it it, it wasn't going into, you know, just just sort of a muscle memory thing of like, I'm having a conversation. Like, no, the next word I need to say needs to be this because it will be the best verbiage for my part of the promo. Like, it was, yeah, yeah. a little too obvious at times. Um, Not that they were reading from scripts. Clearly they weren't, because if you hired people to write that dialogue, mm. you could tell that they were 
definitely like way in their heads for the segment. Yeah. Um, but MJF comes out. The crowd responds like, oh, the God of Stars here. <laughs> yeah. We were worried. <laughs> uh, but he quickly got the crowd against him by shooting on Britt Baker for no real discernible reason. They've never interacted on television that I can remember. I mean, it's cheap heat. Yeah. Um, but he comes out and books a Pillars tournament yeah. to decide who will be going against him at Double or Not. Well, yeah, talking Tony to Khan. his best friend, Tony Khan, all of a sudden. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the idea is uh, he's going to pick a name out of the hat. That person gets a buy. Then the two people who did not get that, they have the first match. That uh, The name of the hat ended up being Darby. So then it was going to be Sammy versus Jungle Boy in the main event. Not opposed to it, in theory. I still think we're going to end up with a four-way at Double or Nothing. Probably. Because, you know, there's still a month until that show. Yeah. And there's no way it's only going to remain one-on-one, especially if it's just Sammy versus MJF. Yeah. So. Anyway. We then very quickly went to the first match of the night which was Jimmy Hayter and Britt Baker against Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. And I was like, holy shit, it's 9.30 already. This show's screaming by. <laughs> Man, that was a long promo. Wow. <laughs> Gave those guys the whole first hour and change. Look at them go. <laughs> then I looked down and was like, oh, it's 8.17. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, surprise, surprise, Britt Baker super over. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Hayter, perhaps slightly more. Uh, I thought this was a fun match. I'm a little worried that Jimmy got hurt at the end because uh, either she was selling really well or she was screaming a lot for no reason. Oh, was it when she got thrown into the stairs? That, yeah, that, yeah that, right, right yeah. at the end of the match. Yeah. The sh- shoulder, yeah. Granted, it might have also been them trying to give a kayfabe reason for why she didn't come out later in the show. Fair, um, yeah. But I'm still here, even with the big fan reaction for Britt and the fact that it was actually a really solid tag match, I, I'm already over the outcast thing, man. I'm just, I, I don't care. There's not a lot to sink my teeth into. No, I mean, at least I was actually kind of thinking about this while watching it. You know, for a while there, we were like, Ooh, who's Ruby? You know, she hasn't been yeah. doing anything. Yeah. She's a talent. And these three ladies are certainly talents. And having them, you know, I don't I don't hate it as a heel faction. Um, but again, we're at that point where... The entire division revolves around Britt Baker one way or another again. Yeah. Yeah. Which for tonight, you know, for this show. Agreed. Sense. Sure. But, but in totality. Right. I I, I I don't get it. Yeah. But uh, Lockjaw on uh, Ruby Soho and that was the finish. Yeah. Renee was backstage with Wardlow. Wardlow, who I don't love man buns on people, but. There, there, there's something about the mystique of Wardlow, the it of Wardlow, that has completely gone since he cut his hair. Yeah. He now just looks like he got pulled out of a catalog. <laughs> Tall, handsome. I, I need muscles, muscle muscular, man number yeah. three from the book, please. Yeah. No, that's fair. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you that. Uh, and then he brings out Arnie Anderson for support. Yeah. Okay. Arnie Anderson, good. who had been... Stuck in the purgatory that is managing Brian Pillman and his son. Uh, he gets brought back up the TV where his large adult son <laughs> wearing a crisp Nike jumpsuit was yeah, our boy. 
and it was, it was all white, and there was no yeah. blood at all on it. By no. the like, what are we even doing here? You wear all white when you're gonna run the razor. That's how it come, works. Come on, Arn. The business. You know you what? I've even if I know Arn, even he was going. I should I should gig tonight, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me gig. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. My trusty razor with me. Yeah. yeah. Just he just but uh, yeah whatever it's fine. So Arn's now in in Wardlow's corner. Uh, the elite then came out to cut their promo about the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Omega very serious, not the typical Omega we're used to. Also, I think this is the first extended in-ring promo he's had since being world champion. So, wow, yeah, uh, like a year also, and a half. Um, the I know you probably paid Kansas a lot of money for the song. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not working anymore. Um, it, it, I don't. It's way better than them coming out to the be, uh, be the elite song. Being the elite, I agree, I agree. But maybe it's just they let it breathe too long. They let the song, and I know you want to get your money's worth, sure. you, you know. But it's it works for the intro. But as soon as the mic is in hand, cut the music and get the fucking fireworks factory. Yeah. Um, so Omega cuts this promo about how you know he respected the BCC, but you know you beat down my friends. You sent Don Callis to the hospital. And we need to settle this. So Brian Danielson shows up on the Contron and uh, he's yelling about how the elite are a bunch of amateurs. I love the way he says amateurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way Brian picks a word and just motherfucks it into into uh, our minds. I love it. Pickle. Uh, this is an obscure reference that probably only you will get. Oh, please. Uh the way that Brian Danielson says amateurs, I forget the exa- exact line, but it sounds like the old 98 Rock twisted tune about the what the 12 things of Christmas are such a pain to me. Do yeah, Bob the parking lots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like when he's yelling amateurs, sounds like that. Amateurs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was just like such a strong sensory memory of like, I know that diction from somewhere. That's where it hit me. Uh, but anyway, that was all just a ruse uh, because out comes the BCC from behind. Uh, they all have matching bomber jackets now. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Uh, they're all brawling. They're all beating the crap out of each other, which is awesome. Uh, there's a moment where uh, I, I think it's Nick gets gut-wrenched power, or sorry, gut-wrenched Liger bombed yes. by Claudio. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah, he, he got some height on that one. And at first I thought he like slammed him down onto the microphone. I'm like, fuck, you yeah, could fuck somebody yeah. up. But luckily the microphone was a little bit off. Yeah, it was almost like, also when he posted him up for the power bomb, it was almost Last Ride-esque yeah. into the Liger Bomb finish. It was, it was nuts. But they're brawling, they're brawling. Out comes Don Callis. He's got a chair. And then he <laughs> runs back to the back, which I thought was a great little bit of comedy. Well, also, Brian was like, what the, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Which is, makes sense, because he's Don Callis with a chair. What are you going to do against these four maniacs? So Danielson, because, you know, they have the advantage, he's grabbing the mic, talking about how Omega has the, the most potential of the lead. He's the closest to being, you know, the pure wrestler, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? If you don't want to reach your potential, I got to fix you. So he pulls, pulls out Screwdriver, and he's going to go attack Omega. And as it's happening, Don Callis runs back out with Kanosuke Takeshita wearing, I assume, 
his high school's varsity jacket. I don't know where the, where that jacket <laughs> came from. It was a Letterman, and I don't know. He beat up Brian Pillman backstage. <laughs> Wardlow got Brian Pillman's manager. Takeshna got his jacket. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm stoked that Takeshita is involved in this. Yeah, I mean, I, more Takeshita on my TV, please. But on the other side of it, if I'm going to pick a nit, the only reason why this makes sense to me is because I know they filmed segments that didn't air where Don Callis in January yeah. scouted him at a PWG show and took him to a Lakers game and all this stuff. that they Yeah, met him at the airport when he got back. And yeah, I think they put some of it on they, Twitter. They put like one or two segments, but they filmed a lot more than they actually showed. Yeah. Or, or I think there were also like some photos on social media. Like, I know this because of my knowledge and access to things that weren't on TV. Uh, okay, I think at one point Takeshita was having a match and Callis was watching from the crowd. Okay, okay. Even so, still, I, I, I agree. I agree. It, Look, it, I forgot Penta wrestled Hobbs three weeks ago, so right. <laughs> the fact that I remember that is otherworldly. It's some tenuous shit, but I like the end result. Yes. Although, if he's bringing a Japanese man from backstage, especially one who may not know how to get to the front of the stage, let alone out in front of the crowd, I yeah. do think Don Callis walking a very con confused Ibushi would have been an infinitely better moment, but I digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had Wardlow against Powerhouse Hobbs, where Wardlow, with little to no struggle, regained the TNT Championship. I have no idea what the fuck Tony's doing with this title right now. The The hot potato is... is I, I mean, I... Can't say I gave a fuck about the QTV angle. No. I do like Hobbs. If it's and done, know, awesome. And I don't know. They were doing all these Book of Hobbs things, and then they just, you know, lateral to this QTV bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's done, though. It doesn't look like it's done, but we sure as hell are moving on to the next angle. Because as we talked about, uh, you know, Penta ran out uh, to scare away QT. Uh, QT gets scared, runs back into the ring. Arn Anderson's there waiting for him. Arn Anderson still can hit one of the best DDTs in the business, complete with a gimpy arm. And uh, then we got the uh, Powerbomb Symphony and the sexiest of pins from Wardlow yeah. on, uh, on Hobbs. This was a no-win match for both guys because Hobbs looks like a chump and Wardlow looks like he couldn't get anything done without a 60-plus-year-old man. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And the luchador running in for interference. Yeah. But, hey, fuck all that shit. Here is Christian, and by God, that's got to be Kane. <laughs> uh, no, that is uh, uh, in need of a rebrand, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus uh, we wearing God of War cosplay that he bought off of Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Found a leather worker who's doing the Kratos gear, and he went, that's it, sir. That's please. That's he what I made that. He after, bought that at his local Renaissance fair. After on, let's being go. sued for <laughs> his mask looking too much like another mask, he's out here in fucking cosplay now. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, he looks way better in it than probably ninety nine percent of people who would dress like that. Sure, and it is overall a step up in his presentation. But I'm like, that's that's fucking Kratos's like arm guard and shit like 
that's weird. You know, it's it's up there with like Adam Cole cosplaying as as Master Chief. Like I, I get you like that, but this is it makes no it, yeah. If you know what's going on, it takes you down a, a massive peg. Sure, yeah, fucking nerds. Renee Paquette backstage with Sammy Guevara before the match uh, with Jungle Boy. And we got probably the most WWE angle in AEW history. MJF. Which doesn't involve Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. MJF (laughs) said that he's going to make sure that Sammy Guevara gets into the main event of Double or Nothing. That said, he has to take the fall. Sammy, not having it, says, you know what, I I, I don't want to do that. MJF said, all right, in addition to that, I'm going to hand you this blank check. Yeah. Write whatever you want. Sammy writes on it. MJF freaks out a bit about how big the figure is. They shake hands, and now they're best buds. Money does buy friends. It does buy friends. And I was also thinking about Rob Lowe telling... Wade and Garth about these cashier's checks for $5,000. That's all I can think of with a blank <laughs> check because my brain connects everything to like five other pieces of pop culture. Sure, it's sure. I was thinking of the movie giant. Blank Check myself. <laughs> with Karen Duff Duffy. Uh, and I remember the time, it was like, what, 93, 92, 93, 94, yep. where a million dollars was like, you know, the biggest amount of money anybody could think of. It's funny. Yeah. And then well, he... Uh, then he Oddly made out with like some thirty year old lady. Yeah, Karen <laughs> as, Duff, as, Duffy as a, of MTV. Yeah, yeah. As a as a twelve as a twelve year old boy, so that's yeah. every boy's fantasy: a million bucks and making out with a, with an with MTV, MTV VJ. Um, yeah, we're with uh, Chad Billy Brown when you need it. <laughs> Sammy said, "Friends don't shake hands; they hug." Yeah, so they hugged to end the segment. We got Jay White versus Commander. Oh, this was not a bad match. I'm not going to say it, it was wasn't a good match. It was an okay match. Commander was not on his shit. Commander we'll put it that way. is not designed for a singles match. <laughs> like, look, yeah. you know, you can look at his cage match. You, I've had nearly as many single matches as he has, and I haven't had a singles match in my life. Uh, granted. However, his moves weren't fluid. No. Uh, no. You know, you know, you have, you've had... Um, Bandito come in. You had Jolistico come in. You've had Elijo del Vikingo come in, mm-hmm. uh, come in, and then you have Commander, who is not as smooth as it is. Like Lucha moves, sure the the acrobatics are astounding and and fun to watch. Yeah, but the the rope walking not as smooth as Phoenix or Vikingo. Um, the Rana's nowhere near as smooth, and maybe some of that's one J. I don't know. Um, but it it, it this was. None of this really worked for me. The match was was uh, less than what I expected it to be. And then you have Sean Spears involved in a Jay White angle, which if you know, you're trying to make Jay White out to be something, putting him around Sean Spears is not going to fucking help your case. No. No, it, it, it's bad enough that there is the albatross on Jay White that is Juice Robinson. Nothing oh, against Juice. Yeah. Just Juice is a lower level guy. And if you're saying, oh, Jay White's buddy, this doesn't lift Juice up. This pulls this pulls Jay down. Yes. Also, they've said the name twice, and I'm going to underline it again here. Bang Bang Gang, way better than being a Bullet Club again. 
Use that as your name. I don't say it's I a mean, great name, but it's a better no. name. Okay. I digress. Um, but yeah, uh, Sean Spears was in the crowd watching, wearing dress pants and a vest, but no shirt. Okay. Um, if I can get away with that, I would. He uh, he gets into a fight with Juice Robinson. He gets pulled over the barricade. Uh, Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson beat down Sean Spears. Ricky Starks runs to the ring and uh, the Bull Club Gold bails. This is bringing down everyone. I'm just going to say it. Yes. Jay yep. White against Ricky Starks. Sounds awesome. Writes itself. Why do you have to have all this extra shit in there? But now you've put the weights, or if you will, the designated jobbers for when they have a tag team match. Yeah, Bushies. Juice Robinson yeah. and Sean Spears into this, and I care so much less. Yeah. No, if You could have just had Jay White jump Ricky Starks and then say, I want you a double or nothing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm or hell, have them have a promo battle so people can see that, yeah, Jay White might have a funny accent, but he can cut a fucking promo. Yeah. Who doesn't love a Kiwi accent? Fuck out of here. Some people think it's weird. Probably a Vince McMahon would have hated it, you know, just well, thinking about if he had gone to WWE. Yeah. Also, he's had one promo on television and like three on social media, which still doesn't make any sense. No. Renee Paquette's backstage with FTR, and I don't know why this is Renee's job, but she goes, hey, did you see this? Mark Briscoe got jumped. Yeah, right around the corner, conveniently in the training room. Well, also, the idea is they're trying to show us that Mark Briscoe got jumped. They cut so fast to FTR running to check on Mark. I have no idea who beat down Mark Briscoe. Did they show that? They showed for a hot second the video screen. And you could kind of see the tights of the people who had beat down Mark. It's clarified later, but I was like, what's going on? So FTR, they run to the, the training, uh, to, to the training room where Mark's being looked at while also running by a Pepsi machine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they were, they go into the trainer's room and who's there, but these assholes. Yeah. And they're all fighting over Mark Briscoe. And for some reason, Mark Briscoe's the only adult in the room. So he Which says, should not be Mark Briscoe's job. No, no. He's supposed to be the goofy one. And I'm sure someone's like, well, yeah, it was a subversion of the. Mark says, all right, well, why don't you two team up with you two? And you do that on Friday. Fine. Not opposed to it. But also, who are they fighting, Mark? <laughs> you just, you just set up an eight man tag match against. Anyone, it sounds like. Ghosts? Yeah. Thanks, Excalibur, for explaining it while you're out of breath. He do be out of breath. Chris Jericho and Adam Cole face-to-face. -face. Thought this was actually pretty well done. But I am now going to officially ruin every single Adam Cole promo for you. Okay. A few months back, there was a video that went, actually, considering COVID time, it might have even been two years ago. There's a video that went viral pointing out the weird thing that Jimmy Fallon does at the end of like every monologue joke that he has. Okay. 
which is when it's time for the audience to laugh, he does this thing where he goes, Okay. Adam Cole, when he's trying to go from one sentence to the next in the promo, he doesn't say, uh, er, or like, anything like that. No vocalized pauses. He does this thing where, like, he repeats the syllable of the thing he's about to say. He goes, like, Chris Jericho, I appreciate you, but uh, the thing is, for every sentence, he does Yeah, you're right. You're right. Even when, like, look back, even when he announced Wembley Arena Show, mm-hmm. he did it. God damn it. This is the FedEx arrow of Adam Cole. Mm. I noticed it at just midway through this promo, and it's all I could notice until they started fighting. Damn it. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm sure it's something that got trained into him so he doesn't use filler words and he doesn't stutter or whatever. But it, it's it's so weird because it feels like, oh, this is the moment where Adam's acting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's very local theater. Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to underline to you how serious I am by showing my passion in between words. Fuck. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Anyway. God damn it. Cool talks about how he appreciates Jericho. Jericho goes, yeah, that's cool. I don't appreciate you. Yeah. Crowd gets all mad. They end up brawling. Daniel Garcia runs down and puts boots to Adam Cole. Then Britt Baker runs out. Yeah. And suddenly, these angles start smooshing together. Yeah, just so, angling. Yeah. Uh, so the outcasts were apparently under the ring the entire time. Kane's... Uh-huh. I guess yeah. we're just, just taking things about Kane and just spreading them amongst the AEW roster. I mean, at least it's some of the better. Oh, yeah. so true. <laughs> I just can't wait for Art Cassidy to be able to summon Pyro from the uh, turnbuckles. It's going to be powerful. Uh, Sparkers. So, Get the guy uh, who did the exploding bar warrior death match to, to, to look bad up for him. So, uh, 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 Outcast beat down Baker. Uh, Garcia handcuffs Cole to the bottom rope. Jericho Why did he handcuff him like that, though? <laughs> I guess he put he put the rope and uh, like it was, handcuff. Yeah, it was not around his wrist and the rope. I was like, have you had never seen anybody get handcuffed to a rope before, brother? Yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that was uh, live TV getting to Daniel Garcia there. I mean, it's not his first time on live TV. Uh, but whatever. I digress. So yeah, so he has to sit there and watch his girlfriend get beat up by Soraya with a fucking kendo stick. Yeah. Here's a question. Here's a guy. Where the fuck was Keith Lee? So if if yeah. if Adam Cole comes out to help Keith Lee a literal week prior or two weeks prior, yeah. why did he not return the fucking favor? I have no idea. I couldn't tell you. Oh, was okay. Or, or or where? I mean. We kind of in kayfabe explained where Jamie Hader was, but that's also confusing. Yes, it was an overt. Yeah, it was. It was very weird. Uh, we had a and, video. Okay, just uh, sorry. It, it it did not seem the 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 miking of the crowd seemed off all night to me. Yeah, it was very weird. And this 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 beatdown segment did not get the audible heat that I expected it to. And again, I, I don't know what it sounded like in the arena, how they reacted, but what it came across on TV was middling. Yeah. Very weird. It was odd. Very, very odd. Um, 
We had a pre-tape promo from the Hardys, Isaiah, Cassie, and Hook, saying that the firm needs to keep their phone on to find out when their match with the Hardy compound will take place. And Jeff is going to address the fans for the first time on Rampage. More of that in a I, moment. I don't love... I don't know how Hook fits in with this ultimate deletion-type shit. Yeah, uh, I'm really curious how they're going to pull that off. The acclaimed Billy Gunn beat the JAS, so I guess that angle is just over because the storyline was if they lost, they'd have to join the JAS, so. Good. Yeah, that. <laughs> then the main event was Sammy Guevara against Jungle Boy. This match was fucking nuts. Like, Yeah, no, those guys showed ass. Uh, the move that Sammy did, I'm going to struggle to even describe it properly where he had Jungle Boy up in a powerbomb position and Ali oops him into a DDT. Yeah. Was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Clearly not yeah. something Sammy's going to be able to do on like MJF at the pay-per-view sure. or something. Yeah. But it was nuts. And then also uh, Jack hitting a, it was like a diving destroyer. He like went off yeah. the top rope and dove into a fucking Canadian destroyer on Sammy, yeah. which was... You know, I mean, those guys definitely, you know, get their flips. So uh, it was, it was, there was some innovation there, which I liked. Yeah. Um, but then uh, MDF gets involved. He hits Jungle Boy with the ring. And hey, we have what might be our first count out finish in AEW history. And just the, that bump was gnarly. Yeah. Like, so Very JB was hanging on the, sitting on the top turnbuckle and then basically it's drop kicked. Yeah. Uh, through the table, timekeeper's table, which again, I was disoriented because it wasn't in its normal position and it was throwing me off. Yeah, I think it, um, it threw off the booth a few times too. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was a nasty, that was a nasty bump that uh, that old JB took there. So, so yeah, that was uh, th that's it. Darby's looking uh, up from above, stingless, shaking his head in uh, in disbelief. So, Sammy and Darby running it back next next week. Yep, this coming next week. Or th this coming week, I guess. This coming week, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the week after. On the next Dynamite. Yes. And then that took us to a Saturday night airing of... Which, again, Baltimore gets fucked out of a big match. But, hey. Hey, maybe they'll have something good for us instead. We'll see. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not going to be there, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but the uh, show kicked off with John Moxley defeating Christopher Daniels. About as good as a nine-minute match could be. Um and after the match, Moxley shakes hands with Christopher Daniels, which I thought was a little interesting. Why is Christopher Daniels on wrestling a match? Great question. I guess they were just like, who could drop a fall that has some notoriety left? Okay. Uh, Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling were backstage with Lexi Nair, explaining that the TBS championship match on Dynamite this week will uh, have a stipulation that Taya Valkyrie is barred from using the Jaded. If she uses it, she will be DQ'd immediately. Do they have the ability to implement a uh, a uh, stipulation to the, the match? I mean, Mark Sterling's a lawyer, so I guess that's how that worked. I know, but that... Okay. Don't think about it, Chris. Yep. Hook the Hardy Boys and Isaiah Cassidy came out. Jeff took the mic and said... All right, folks, it's time. It's time for me to retire from screwing up. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. What? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, when he endangered many people and ruined All his life times? on nearly a double-digit number of occasions. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Has caused countless issues in his wake, mm-hmm. ruined runs at multiple pro wrestling companies. Now, yeah. at the ripe age of, hang on, let's take a look at what Wikipedia says. Oh, boy. I'm going to say 46. Very close. 45 turns 46 in August. There you go. Uh, you know, now's the time to be an adult. Now he's going to put his big boy sure. Jinko pants on. <laughs> That's a great fucking line. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, that goes to the mic. Stokely. Stokely interrupts on screen. He wants to know when the firm deletion match is going to happen. Matt's not telling him this allowed the firm to attack because of the distraction from Stokely on screen. They brawl and Hardy's run off the firm with steel chairs. So this doesn't really make sense. I mean, it's not like this match is happening at an arena. Okay, so yeah. if this, this guy there has to be... When wrestling's on a bagel, wrestling can happen at any time. <laughs> First of all, how dare you bust out two show-ending quality jokes in a row. Second of all, this is a fucking pizza roll podcast, you motherfucker. You get your pizza bagels out of here, okay? How dare you? I accept pizza in all forms, Chris. I don't see shapes. <laughs> you should You should probably see... Uh... Some kind of learning center about that, though. <laughs> you might want a rough house podcast brought to you by Celebrate Learning Centers. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, screw it. We're gonna end the show there. Talk to you next week. Bye. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. This is Vince McMahon from the WWE. I've got WCW in the palm of my hands. ECW's entire collection is mine, and the storied history of the greatest professional wrestling organization, run and created by a man with the biggest grapefruits on the planet, the WWE, Vince McMahon's brainchild, all available to you on the WWE Network. But my appetite for content is insatiable. That's why I turn to lesser-known organizations, Wrestling Society X. I can't even bring myself to say TINA. I refuse to say TNA. I won't do it. As well as EMLLL, which is a Mexican wrestling organization. Ugh! I only like them when they trim my edges and not wrestle. 
but I have one jewel in my crown where the socket remains empty. And I turn to you with a $59.99 reward for whoever can help. That's a half a year of the network. I'm looking for a descendant of Teddy Spry, the owner, announcer, and creator of the 37th ranked Southern Gentlemen of Wrestling Organization. I want every last beta tape, VHS, 8mm reel that I can find, the last coal rubbing, flip book, laser disc. I want SGW content. I want to mine it for shit that I can reheat and force on you like complete crap. You think you hate John Cena now? Where do you hate him when he's feuding with the 2014 version of Cool Beans Cecil Green? You think Brock Lesnar's destruction of John Cena was horrible? Where do you see his New Year's destruction of the Bumblebee Sting Phillips as played by a very reluctant Rey Mysterio. I need it and I need it now. I offer you $39.99 as a reward. It was $20 more a moment ago, but I'm gonna change your mind. Help me find the descendants of Teddy Spry so I can look at him in the eyes and say, kiss my ass. And I want your taste. 